What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Oh my God, I have left Bali. Literally, people keep asking me, what's happening? Are you living in Bali? Are you staying in Bali? Where are you going? What happens after America? And today I fly over to the USA, over to Austin, Texas to support Preston and Alexi's work, The Bridge Experience. You know that I was there in March, April, and this is a work that has really changed my life for the better. But now that I have left Bali, I already miss Bali. In fact, in the two weeks in the lead up to leaving Bali, I was actually thinking every single day I miss Bali, even thinking about leaving Bali. So I am open to the magic that life is about to bring to me over this next two and a half weeks in Austin, Texas. I cannot wait to experience a Halloween in America and unless God puts something fucking miraculous on my path over this next two and a half weeks, I'm going back to Bali. I am going back to Bali. But today I am about to introduce you to someone who is really special to me, a friend and a mentor. His name is Brian Kelly. And this man just absolutely blows my mind. I fucking, you know, I'm so selective when it comes to who I choose to mentor me and who I look to and look up to for guidance and inspiration. But on New Year's just gone, I decided I really wanted a healthy New Year's Eve. And I went to my friends in Perth, Western Australia. They ran basically a healthy New Year's Eve festival. And Brian ran for all of us his 9D breathwork. And up until this experience, I have never actually liked breathwork. I've done breathwork. I've had great experiences with breathwork. But I have never said, oh, my fucking God, that blew my mind. And this 9D breathwork with Brian on New Year's Eve 2022, at the end of it, I thought to myself, what the fuck was that? Anyway, fast forward to June this year, and I'm feeling conflicted about my partnership and really in this kind of internal tug of war of, do I stay in this partnership? Do I leave this partnership? I can hear the voice that's saying it's not this partnership. I hear the voice that follows up and says, but I want it to be. Is it my ego? Is it my fears? Is it all of these things? And I see Brian put up online that he's doing a breathwork facilitator training in Bali for seven days. And just some part of my soul said, you have got to go and do it back. And this breathwork training was really such a pivotal key piece in me making the decisions that I have made now to pursue this life in Bali. It was really basically the final cord that needed to be cut. And I used breathwork as the tool to support me to access that clarity that I could already hear, but really feared owning. Brian and I just go into so much today. You know, I would love for you to all think about how breath could really benefit you and how accessing your breath could really benefit you. I know that so many people really disregard the power of their breath. Brian and I together, we talk about generational trauma. uh, And something that really blew my mind is that we carry generational trauma from 14 generations back. And for anyone who's listening, you're really going to want to stay tuned all the way until the very end so that you can hear about a system that you can easily tap into that will literally change the way that you see both yourself and the world. Brian is just fucking, oh my God, the most incredible man. I can't even put into words who he is, what he is, how his energy just impacts me and just 
There's something about his frequency that just lights me fucking up from the inside out. I swear to God, both of our internet said that we had high-speed Bali internet, but it was like the power of his energy was like blowing up my internet or his or something. This is just one fucking hell of an episode. I cannot wait to connect you with him. If you love this episode, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag the both of us because we would love to connect with you. Strap yourself in. Let's fucking go. I am sitting here with the most cool, incredible man who actually in 2023, there is a particular hour that will actually go down as one of my favorite hours of this year. And it was sitting in North Bali, listening to you tell us your story. I was like, I know that I appreciate Brian Kelly. I think Brian Kelly's awesome. But now after having actually heard the fullness of your story that I did not know, I was like, I am fucking obsessed with Brian Kelly and I love you. So with that said, Brian Kelly, welcome to Raw, Real and Vulnerable. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Beck, nice to see you. Oh, and so for anyone who doesn't have the pleasure to know you the way that I do, who is Brian Kelly and what is it that you do in the world? Oh gosh, who is Brian Kelly? What a question to open with. Brian Kelly is a guy that is inspired to make the biggest impact in the world that he can possibly make with his time here. My tool to do that is breath work and sharing the experiences that I've been through in my life to help inspire people to wake the fuck up and realize how powerful they are. I think that's the central theme of my message is we've been lied to and led to believe that we're these limited beings with this limited potential. And I think that that is all bullshit. And I'm on a mission to help guide people back to themselves. The tool that I use is Breathwork. And I launched my school Breathmasters in January of 2021. I launched my 90 Breathwork program six months ago. I have the privilege and the honor and the benefit of teaching breath to people from all over the world in every walk of life. And I'm one of those lucky souls that gets to say that I get to wake up every day and do what I love for work. And I just feel very privileged and blessed to be able to say that. Mm, I actually did your breath work for the very first time on New Year's Day. And I'm not typically the kind of person that says I like and love breath work. And then after doing your breath work, my love for breath work entirely shifted. So can you share with the audience what your style of breath work is, what 9D breath work is, and why it's so impactful and transformative for humans to do? Sure. Yeah. 9D breath work kind of came to me like a thief in the night. They say all the best creations and innovations are born from frustration about something. And that's essentially how 9D Breathwork was formed. And it came to me in a dream, to be honest. I spent an afternoon being very frustrated by the quality of the internet stream on a Zoom guided breathwork journey that I hosted sometime toward the end of 2020. And I went to bed so frustrated, like, how do I fix this? The world is suffering with COVID thing and everything needs to be online, but the sound is terrible. What do I do? And I woke up as if I was workshopping that frustration through all of my dream time. Because when I opened my eyes, it was like a atom bomb when I was like, Boom! it was like 90 breath work, I had a name for it and everything. And the vision was Hollywood level studio sound production meets breath work meets different things that I could add for frequency and vibration. Once I realized that I was going to be going digital with breathwork creations, which is relatively novel in the space, there isn't a lot of people doing that. I realized that there's so much that can be done with sound and frequency and vibration. And so I started to get real creative and 
I realized, well, if we're going to be in there with breath work, what's stopping us from combining some of the most powerful modalities on the planet to make a bit of a sandwich of power explosion mixed in with these sessions? And so what that ended up being is breath work meets hypnosis and hypnotic scripting and subliminal messaging and different sounds and vibrational technologies and binaural beats and isochronic tones and 432 hertz tuning. It's an infinite landscape of playground of possibility when you're dealing with the real estate between people's ears. And what was born was what we now know as 90 breathwork. So I call it breathwork on steroids. And I'm on a mission to bring it to every corner of the world that I possibly can and make the biggest impact in the world that I possibly can with it. Because the reality is, as satisfied and fulfilled as I am as a human being with my life at this moment, of course, I have my struggles like everybody else. I navigate them now with grace, which is, I feel like, one of my superpowers. But there's a lot of people fucking struggling on the planet right now, like bad, hard, like hardcore struggling and suffering on so many levels, suicide rates through the roof, anxiety and depression through the roof, stress-related illnesses and injuries through the roof. The pandemic is real and it's not about COVID, it's about mental health and this crazy shit that's going on with people. And I feel like I have one of many of the answers that can help to alleviate the human condition of this suffering. And that's why I'm so inspired to just bring it out and share it with the world. Mm, love that so much. Why do you think, Brian, that this pandemic, this mental health crisis, why is it here? Why are people suffering and struggling so much to the depths that they are? How fringe can I go with my... You can go fucking anywhere. There is no rules in this part of the podcast. You can say whatever word you desire. You can be as conspiracy theorist as you want. I feel like you and I are very in alignment with our views and our values. So whatever it is that you have to say, let's fucking go. Okay. I love that response. <laughs> you gave me permission. So I did three and a half years as an alternative media radio show journalist. And I went down many rabbit holes, call them conspiracy theories. I call them conspiracy facts because at this point, most of them have come true. And I had the privilege and honor to interview a lot of whistleblowers that were leaving big banks and leaving governments and leaving the pharmaceutical industries and everything in between. And the conclusions that I drew from that, I went through a very dark time, to be honest. I was a bit pessimistic about the state of the world. And now I'm a massive optimist. And I believe we're going through this time for a reason. And it's all by design on some spiritual plane, on some level. But our reality construct has been manipulated for centuries. And everything that we're struggling with right now is the outcome of so much manipulation and coercion. When you look at what the media is feeding us, what the school system indoctrination, look at what's going on in the United States with education right now. It's a mess. There's a reason why I live in Bali and I don't live in the States where I'm from. And so every avenue that they could get into and manipulate our minds, they have gone to great lengths to get into and manipulate our minds because there's people on this planet that don't want to have 8 billion people, eugenicists that want to kill us off slowly, cancers and all these things. All these things are by design. We have cures for all these things. And so we're in a situation where we are suffering from being lied to and manipulated for so long that we perceive reality through a lens of falsified fucking illusion that has led us to this cliff of holy shit 
People think that their stories that they write in their heads about their life are true and they're manipulated constructs that we've been led to believe that couldn't be farther from the truth. What's true is our spiritual existence. What's true is God. What's true is the fact that we are these limitless beings with this infinite power to create love and fucking joy and harmony and bliss and all these amazing things that lives all inside of us. But the reality is it's been shut down so hardcore and we believe these lies so fucking deeply that it limits our scope of what's possible to create in our world. And that keeps people very fucking isolated and playing small as a result of so much gross manipulation over such a long period of time. And all that's bullshit. And I know it and I see it. And there's many others like me, like yourself, that see it, that we've been fucking lied to. And part of my mission is to wake people up to realize, look, we aren't fucking victims. We've been victimized but we're not victims. And the faster we wake up to the reality, one of the journeys I'm working on right now is called the awakening. And the vision for it is I get in between people's ears for an hour and I have the ability to rewrite these fucking scripts and narratives that they've been fucking lied to for so long to wake them the fuck up and realize that it's okay. I've been fucking lied to. Now I know. What does that do now that I know? It gives me an infinite array of choices of how I want to lead my life now. Do I want to follow the Pied Piper into oblivion of mental destruction and take vaccines and fucking isolate myself and do all of these things? Or do I want to live a liberated, sovereign being with the ability to create fucking Narnia in my world if I so choose and in the world of those around me? I choose that path every single day. And that's a choice that we all have the ability to make. And the biggest threat to the system is people who wake up and realize how fucking powerful they are. That's the biggest threat to the system because now we can't be controlled. We can't be manipulated. We can't be dominated. We can't be deceived. We can't be any of these things because we see it when it's happening in real time. And that's fucking power. Mm, I love that so much. So I'm curious. I'm sure that these people who are coming to you that are feeling lesser, not worthy, not in their power, not good enough, they're not coming to you saying, hey, Brian, I want to become a limitless being. So what are they coming to you for? Of course not. Well, some are, but they're the minority. Yeah. Most people are coming saying some variation of, I feel stuck. There's no momentum. I feel like my life doesn't have purpose. There's a lack of meaning. There's a lack of love. I'm anxious. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm burnt out. I'm losing hope. I know that there's more. I'm not quite sure how to access it. Some variation of all of these stories. And so then for you, how did you discover that breathwork was the tool to support them to move through that? By practicing it. The thing is, about breath work. When we do these techniques, we're shutting down the ego. We're shutting down the mind. Where the majority of our struggles, the mind-body connection is they're fucking real. When the mind is healthy, the body follows suit. And so the reality is what happens in these sessions is we're giving people permission to get the fuck out of their mind, to get down into their body, to feel safe enough to be vulnerable. And in that vulnerability, let their bodies work out what kind of complexes and blocks and traumas and stored stress and tensions and all these things. And when those things start to release and then people come back into their conscious awareness, it's like seeing the world through a new set of eyes. The things that triggered us don't quite bother us as much anymore. Or we start to be able to see things from a heightened perspective and we stop seeing the thoughts that we think as facts of our reality and passing little blemishes of illusion that we have the ability 
to transcend by observing as a witness as opposed to feeling lost in the fucking chaos. And breath work is like the antithesis for years of psychotherapy. And I have a tendency to knock psychotherapy and I don't want to do that because psychotherapy has done a lot of great things for a lot of people. But the reality is it's a fucking long road up a long mountain when you're sitting there in a chair trying to talk through the filters of all of your beliefs and your old programs and your outdated scripts and ideas and notions and realizations about the world. And when you're trying to communicate that out, you don't quite have the words for it. Some people, they're like, I feel fucked. I don't know why. And then they have to tell themselves the story of why. And that makes it really really hard to use our analytical faculty to be able to find our road to healing when our body's like, shut the fuck up, mind, hand it over to me and let me get to work and I'll sort it out. Because our bodies are this infinite, vast sea of wisdom that has the ability to heal us so fucking quickly. And when we hand over control to our body to get it done, our body will sort the shit out. And then when we come back into the mind, life just becomes easier to navigate. And I went through that process myself first And so I drank the medicine enough times to go, holy shit, there's something here. Whatever this is needs to be spread, needs to be taught in schools. It needs to be given to veterans struggling with PTSD. It needs to be prescribed in clinics. It needs to be replacing all these pharmaceutical drugs. And over the course of years now, I've seen the same response in thousands of people who are struggling with fucking myriad of issues that they haven't been able to get around. And then they do breath work and they're like, holy shit, I've tried everything. And this is the one thing that has had the biggest, most sustainable long-term impact on my life. And as a result, I feel it's not just something I'm motivated to. I feel like I'm ordained by God to spread this medicine. And it's blasphemy if I don't. Mm, I think for anyone that's listening right now, we can hear that it was like handwritten on your soul from the energy at which you communicate this. Have you always been this way, Brian? You're just so full of energy. There's a thousand words in a minute and every single one I'm like, oh my God, even if I didn't understand what you're saying, you're such a leader and you're so convicted in what you say that there's a part of me that's like, I will follow this man to the ends of the earth. Have you always been like this? Uh, I'm an Aries. (laughs) So I'm a fire sign. I feel like I've always been a leader trying to squeeze me into a box and get me to follow what the system says. I've always been a bit of a rebel. I've always gone against the grain. How it has evolved is in my conviction for the value I have to deliver to the world. I've always been the rock in my family and for my friends. And I carried that burden. I didn't realize it. So in 2018, we were launching Karma House and we did this 30 days of giving challenge. And there's a woman who wrote a book called 29 Gifts. She healed herself from her multiple sclerosis as a result of giving gifts to people for 29 days. I told the story at the retreat. I don't think I told this part of the story, which is we decided to do that as a challenge for ourselves when we were launching one of my businesses, Karma House. 29 days of giving. And one of the days we were at a little mini festival in Chenggu. And we decided to do just a little bit of microdose LSD and wear free hug shirts and go around and hug everyone as our gift for the community on that day. And so it was a great idea in theory, a little microdose LSD is just enough to make you feel warm and loving. But whatever this stuff was, it was not good. It was bad. And it made everybody in the entire group that we were in really confused and kind of off. And my wife was seven months pregnant and we all had a villa together. And she's like, guys, listen, I'm not going to do the LSD, but my only request is please don't bring the party back here. I'm very pregnant and I need to sleep. And so have your fun and do your free hugging, but don't come back here. Suffice it to say, we're at this party and I was trying to get everyone to go back home. 
And it was really challenging. It was like trying to rally stray cats. It was impossible. And I went to my wife. I'm like, honey, please help me. I can't figure out how to get everybody together to go. And so she's got everybody in the cars. And what do the cars end up? Back at our villa. And then all of a sudden, it's this party back at our villa. And we're in the room. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? You guys all promise. And I'm sitting there trying to figure out how am I going to tell everybody that they have to be quiet in their own villa? I had to muster up the courage and the words to say that. So it took me about 30 minutes. I went out, I'm like, guys, we made this agreement. Like, please, I've bubbled my words probably. Everyone's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. We'll be quiet. 10 minutes later, party flares back up again. And so I'm sitting there with her trying to workshop what to do. There's no taxis. There's no Gojek, no hotels. We don't even have access to my car. And finally, after like an hour of deliberating what to do, she gets super frustrated and starts to lose her shit. And in that moment of her losing her shit, some part of my masculine protector broke because there was nothing I could do to protect her from this pain that she was going through and not being able to sleep. And I went into the bathroom and I hurled up like a little ball and I just started having this really bad fucking trip. And she got up and she was ready to leave. And I realized, oh, fuck, there's nothing I can do. And I started having this bad trip. And I called her out. I'm like, Anna, please, please help me. I'm having this bad trip. Please, please just be with me. Help me. And she flipped in an instant. And she went from really frustrated and upset to really understanding and loving in an instant and was right there with me, holding me as I was having this bad trip. So I'm all balled up in the corner of this beautiful Airbnb in Chenggu, Bali, and I'm having this bad trip. And my wife comes to me and whatever happened with her in that moment where she went from really frustrated to really there for me, something cracked open really, really deep spiritually. I don't know what it was. I've been trying to diagnose what it was for a really long time. Maybe it was I felt safe for the first time really in my life. I don't know. All I know is that safety broke something really deep within me. And when that broke, it was like this well of emotion that had been bottled up for 37 years of my life. This wellspring came and all of a sudden I started crying like waterfall tears, tears that wouldn't stop kind of tears. And I knew that everything was all good, but somehow intuitively, I knew that this was the big emotional release that I had been waiting to have my entire life. And once I had that realization, it was like a flood. I swear to God, I haven't cried like this since I was a child. And maybe even then, like four hours straight of limitless tears and snot, it was the messiest cry of my life. And it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever experienced before up until that point. And my wife and I got to experience it together. And the realization was the entire universe and God and everything conspired that whole night and that whole event to create the space for me to feel safe, to be this vulnerable, to let out this raw fucking human emotion. And I realized that I had carried so much and in the release was the healing. And that was probably my original primer to how powerful it is to create space to allow for healing to take place at that level because my life was not the same after that, forever changed. So do you feel, Brian, off the back of that story, and I love that you shared it, and I love that you shared it on my podcast, do you feel that a lot of people resonate feeling like they're holding everything? They're holding their job, they're holding their family, they're holding their husband, they're holding their career, and if they were to actually go into it, that they're going to drop everything else, and it's all the holding that just feels so stressful, like this heavy weight of the world on their shoulders. Do you feel like that's what's going on for people? They just don't feel safe to fully let go? Yeah, I think 
there's an element of us that we become addicted to our own struggle mm-hmm. because we feel comfort in the discomfort. We've gotten so used to the biochemical things that are happening in our physiology that that's what we know. And misery can feel comfortable. And when people don't feel miserable anymore, it's like shaking up their reality. And so there's these bioenergetic blocks that live in our body that's really hard to let things go because who am I if I'm not this identity that I've created that is my life of this struggle? Whatever, fill in the blanks with whatever the struggle is. It's hard because that's all people know. So if they let it go, they're losing their identity. They're losing the fact that they define their lives as being the victim of this thing that happened when they were children or whatever the case might be. And it's how our brain is wired. And so there's a grappling, these traumas and these complexes, it's like they've got claws. It holds on inside of our physiology and to be able to let the grips loose, it can be very confronting for people. And so it can be a scary thing, but then all of a sudden you do the work, you let it come out. And of course it's that old adage that sounds very cliche to say, but it is the onion. It's never all gone. We need our traumas. That's the new relationship that we need to start to really come to terms with as human beings. Yes, we're all traumatized. The trauma is one of the most misunderstood phenomenon. A lot of people don't have the big T trauma, the big abuse, the big accident, whatever the case might be, but we've all been shamed. We've all had this embarrassment. We've got this rejection imprints. We've got all these things. And we like to label these things as all these bad monsters that are affecting and ruling our lives. And there is an element that, yes, it is affecting and ruling our lives, but there's a teacher element there as well. We learn so much about who we are and how to navigate the world through our struggles, through our traumas. It's a part of the human experience. They shouldn't be shunned. We just need to learn how to work with them. Because once we learn how to work with them, we can be grateful because the end of the wheel of trauma is transcending to be able to see, wow, I really needed this thing. Mm -hmm. Like how many things do you have in your life, Beck, where you're like, holy shit, I know your story. At the time you're like, holy shit, this thing's fucking me for life. Mm -hmm. And now look what you've done. You've created your gift from it. And you've shown that that's possible. And that's part of what draws people to your work. And same with me. And once people start to realize that their biggest struggles are just their greatest gifts in disguise, the victimhood goes out the window. Now it's like, how do I alchemize this shit to find my power? Because all the power is in there. The bigger the struggle, the greater the fucking conquest. It's just waiting. It's knocking at the door. I just bring people to the door and show them how to open it. Yeah. So I already know what some women in my world will be thinking having you say that. They're like, well, that's great for Beck. She got herpes and then she's doing all this stuff all over the internet with it. It's working out for her, but I'm just an everyday person. It's okay for you, Brian Kelly. You're blowing up the world, impacting millions of people worldwide through breathwork. But my trauma, how is that here to actually help me? What am I going to do with this? What would you say to that person? It's the most natural question to ask. Lay down on the mat. Let's fucking breathe and see what happens. Because what is it going to do? We all have the ability to rewrite our story. The big mistake that people make is putting too much stock in the stories that we tell ourselves. The whole question, the stories that you tell yourself, because what if the opposite were true? What if the opposite were true? The opposite could be true in every single scenario. It doesn't matter. I don't have big T childhood traumas. I don't have that one big event that rocked me to my core. I had a blessed childhood. My childhood was fucking amazing. I'm blessed to be able to have the childhood with so much love. It was abundantly flowing. I thought I was oppressed with so much love in my life as a child, but I found my way. 
everybody has a path. They have a destiny. And if they're not exactly where they want to be now, sometimes it takes time and patience and a willingness to do the fucking work. And the difference between you and me and a lot of other people out there is a lack of willingness to do the fucking work. All it takes is frustration of I'm not content, satisfied, fulfilled, happy, feeling fucking blessed up like I feel like is my natural birthright. If that is causing your physiology to fucking be frustrated enough and you're like, fuck this, that's all you need to work with that shit. Because you're like, fuck no, I will not allow my life to continue on this track. And if that frustration is hardcore enough, on the other side of that is just waiting for a fucking massive breakthrough. So anybody that's feeling like they're stuck and okay, well, maybe it worked for them, but not for me. You're on the edge of a fucking breakthrough. Be willing to just fucking get down, get dirty, get emotional and do the fucking work. One thing that Andrew Tate said recently, which I loved, he said, people come to me and they say, oh, I'm so depressed. I'm suicidal. I'm thinking about taking my life. And it's like, okay, if that's the path that you choose, go ahead and fucking do it. But do me this favor first. Give yourself a six pack. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Give myself a six pack. Because he knows if somebody has the willpower to change their physiology enough to go to the gym and fucking hardcore crush it out through that process of chiseling their fucking abs, they're going to gain so much self-confidence. They're going to gain so much fucking hope for the future. They're going to have an entirely new fucking outlook on fucking life and their own physiology that the depression and all that shit that they're struggling with go out the fucking window. Why? Because they've stuck to something hard enough to do the work to see an outcome to the end, to fucking completion. And my program previously, I was a serial starter and I didn't finish shit. Mm. And now that I've seen something through it, I'm not done yet. I ain't going to be done for a while, but I found my thing that gives me the ability to make an impact in my life, to make fucking really good money and income that allows me to make an even bigger impact in the lives of myself, my family, and those that I serve. I'm on it now, but I ain't done. I'm on the path enough to where every day I could wake up. I have my bad moments, but I'm mission-driven. I'm impact-driven. And that gives my life so much purpose. And that purpose gives my life so much joy. And that joy gives my life so much contentment. And that contentment gives me fulfillment. And that's what is possible for everyone. Mm, love it. And you know something that I really loved about what you said? You really own the fact that you don't have big T traumas because women will come to me and they'll be like, Beck, nothing massively bad has happened. And I have shame around that because I'm trying to find a repressed memory from childhood. I need something brutal to have happened to justify how bad I actually feel in my present reality. But that's actually quite normal to have a little T trauma and still feel this sense of hopelessness, despair, unworthiness, not feeling lovable. Mm -hmm. And that's the challenging part for so many people. It's like, how could I be struggling? I don't have anything I can put my finger on. Mm -hmm. But the reality is every single one of us as children, we've all gone through times where the love and the nurturing and the care that we needed wasn't there. Gabor Mate says, children don't suffer because of their hurt. They suffer because they're alone with their hurt. And so often when we're children, we're alone with our hurt. We're not seen. We're not acknowledged. We're not held. We don't have that nurturing fucking care. This creates massive imprints. It's pervasive because it's so subtle. Anybody that's trying to figure out why they feel so shit and can't figure it out needs to read The Myth of Normal by Dr. Gabor Mate or Waking the Tiger by Dr. Peter Levine and to start to understand these subtle traumas. And it's not just about our childhood. We carry this shit multiple generations. Science has proven we carry generational trauma, 14 generations. What have we been through 
as humans over the course of the last 14 generations. Was your childhood great in this life? What about your grandparents? What did they go through? It wasn't all roses for them, I guarantee it. You go back far enough, we're carrying that DNA code. One of the best things that we can do to really start to reshape how we see ourselves and how we see each other is in this. We need to stop asking what's wrong with ourselves and start asking what happened to us. Because when we start asking what happened to us, it informs every single pattern of our human fucking behavior and all the dots start to connect really fucking quick. And it allows us to get into this place of self-love that we can never possibly imagine because we can be so soft with ourselves because we had some shit happen that was out of our control. Now we have to learn how to rock and roll with it. And the same for each other. I don't have any enemies. I don't hate anyone. Everyone that does some shit that pisses me off, now I'm looking at it through the lens of, fuck, what happened to this person that caused them to be this maladjusted and to piss me off this much? What trauma is living in my body that makes me so fucking triggered by what this human being is presenting before me? Nothing is wrong with me. Ain't nothing wrong with them either. It's just two fucking traumatic beings fucking linking up to each other and trying to figure their shit out. Mm. Oh my God. But that comes with deep levels of self-awareness to get to a point of what is this <laughs> triggering and activating with me. It's so easy to blame the rest of the world for our pain, right? A hundred percent. And we do. And it's okay because it's fucking normal to go through that process of blaming the world. The biggest monumental shift that we can make as human beings is going from this victim mentality of to me consciousness where everything is happening, it's happening all to me, I'm the one suffering, I'm the one struggling, to fuck all that nonsense on some level, it's by me, it's for me, it's for my growth, it's for my greater good, I created it on some level, God gave me this challenge in order to give me the opportunity to navigate it to come out stronger on the other side. Everything that we're struggling with is just this fucking massive gift of potential expansion. And once we start seeing our problems like that, that's one of the things I would love to impress on humanity. Start to see your fucking deepest problems as your greatest fucking gifts. I'm repeating the same fucking concept over and over because people can get it theoretically. It's like, okay, I understand it, but embody that shit and your life will change. Really embody it. What does breathwork do? It gives this the, the ability to embody. I created it. It's by me. It's for me. There's fucking magic in this. It's going to transform my life. And if I believe that, I'm bringing in the biology belief. And all of a sudden, it is my reality. It's not something I have to buy into. It's fucking facts. I love you so much. I love your energy. For any woman or man that is tuning in right now, that's like, okay, well, I love the question, who am I without my trauma? If I was to get on the mat, if I was to do this 9D breath work, it's, there's a part of me that wants to. But I also heard the part of the identity crisis that comes after. I've created some amount of comfort within my misery or my suffering or my unworthiness or my scarcity or my lack of money or my lack of self-belief. Imagine if I got rid of that. Who the fuck am I on the other side of this? What will I do after my breath work session? I don't even know what I would do with that amount of spaciousness within me. What would you say to that person? That's a really amazing fucking problem to have, to be struggling with what am I going to do with all this freedom? I think most people would jump at the possibility of, wow, that's a blank canvas. 
what paints do I want to paint on my new blank canvas? There's spontaneous remissions with cancer is a real fucking thing. Spontaneous behavior fucking construct change can happen within people. They can literally be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde the next day as a result of letting go of their shit. Look at Eckhart Tolle. He's just not, just went through a moment of enlightenment. I'm not saying you do breath work, you're going to become enlightened. What I am saying is when we release this shit, we create space. It's a vacuum. What do we want our reticular activating system to start to focus on? That's the fucked up part. Our brains are hardwired with this negativity bias to be able to find all the shit to reinforce our beliefs and ideas and programs about what we believe is true about the world. And it's going to find the things that are going to reinforce those beliefs. What if our reticular activating system is hardwired to find the gratitude in all of it? The joy. I guided somebody on a session one time. Maybe I mentioned this story in the retreat. I can't remember. In the energy bubbles at the end of my journey, it's like a signature part of the journey, rewiring the reticular activating system. I tell people, go to a place of gratitude, right? Go to a place in your mind. Doesn't matter how old you were. Doesn't matter where you were, whatever. Go to a time where you felt really grateful. One guy is like... He freaked out. I can't find a moment. He had headphones on, so he's screaming and thinking that he was whispering. I can't find a moment. And I, I'd never seen that before. Like, hold on a second. Hold the phone. It was a record skipping moment for me. You can't find one fucking moment in your whole life that you can be grateful for, that you can latch onto, like a birthday, a fucking anniversary, your delicious breakfast that you had one day, like an amazing holiday, like nothing. It taught me so much about the human condition. We're so hardwired to this negativity bias that we don't spend the time taking stock in all these things in our life that we can be grateful for. They could be little tiny fucking things. And what a rewiring it is to all of a sudden start to have the lens that we can see to find all the little moments of connection that we have with each other, nature, taking a walk, being within ourselves. We're so busy that so many people aren't present enough to find something to be grateful for. A little thing. We have this festering of all this crazy shit that's been hanging out for so long. It's at the pit of our belly. We do this breath work. It's stirring all that shit up to come out and to be released. That is scary for some people. That's why after a few days can be a little bit tricky to navigate. You've experienced this moment of bliss. You've experienced this moment of euphoria. And now you got to figure out how to integrate that shit. But that's a step on the path to transformation and on the path of healing. And once people realize that they have this power in their body to activate at any given moment, you don't even need me. You don't even need a 9D session. Fucking lay on the ground and breathe heavy for an hour. Mm -hmm. Then that is a catalyst for people to realize that they have the tools in the toolbox the entire time. That's the cosmic joke of the human condition. We search, I need to read this book. I need to do this class. I need to take this medicine. I need to do this fucking plant medicine journey. I need to do all these things. But the reality is it's inside of us from the moment we're born till the moment we pass. We just need somebody to tell us, hey, it's been there the whole time. What are you going to do with it? Mm. That's it. That's the question. And on the other side of that, it's just infinite potential. There's no fluff about it. Oh, my God. Brian Kelly, you are just the fucking most amazing human in the whole entire world. I love you. And I think anyone listening along can understand why I love you so much. Yeah, I'm just eating up every single fucking thing that you're saying. If there was one thing that you would love the world to know about breathwork, what would that be? <laughs> okay, look, here's the thing. There's no such thing as a magic bullet. There's no cure-all. You got to do the work. However... 
the closest thing to a magic bullet is in our breath. God breathed life into Adam. Breath is the Sanskrit word to spirit. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. We get lost in the drama of the human experience of it all and forget the spirit side of our life. Our breath is the conduit that can reconnect us back to our fucking true self. And once we can reconnect to that, the world is a playground of possibility and potential. And there's absolutely nothing that we cannot do to bring infinite joy and happiness and well-being and love into our own lives, which gives us the ability to let our cups spilleth over into the lives of others. It's all right here. Mm, I fucking love you. Brian Kelly, I always ask every guest this final question, and it is, what does it mean uniquely to you to be raw, real, and vulnerable in your own life? Ah, you know what the secret is for me? Spirituality, I feel like, is a synonym for authenticity. Mm. You don't need to try to be spiritual. We are spiritual beings. Be authentically you. Say the fucking F word as much as you want. Let yourself be you unapologetically. Don't ever apologize for being you. It's like all the craziness that makes us us is what makes us spiritual beings. That is the key to self-love and self-love is the answer to everything. Uh, amen. You're the fucking greatest. If anyone from my world wants to make their way into yours, where do they find you? I'm going to give you my 90 breath work for self-love and forgiveness, letting go for everybody to experience that listens to this. Buckle your seatbelt. Take it for a ride. Don't trust my word. Drink the medicine for yourself. Don't trust anything I fucking say here today if it inspires you to dig a little bit further fucking dig but just do something don't settle for mediocrity breathmasters.com 90breathwork.com you can follow me at breathwork.journeys any of those places reach out if you need a digital hug i'm here and uh, if anybody's inspired to get on the breathwork mission i'll show them the door and we'll go there together mm, and for any of my women that are coming along for the retreat next year they get to experience your 90 breathwork through me as a part of their unique Becca Antonucci experience. I said to Brian, I'm never going to be a breathwork facilitator. I'm just doing this for myself. And he laughed in my face. <laughs> Brian, you are absolutely just the best. And I appreciate you beyond. There's not many people that I call mentors, but I feel really honored to call you mine. God bless you. Thank you so much, Beck, for the opportunity. I look forward to round two. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.